morning's um, Aliyah, everybody, this morning's Open Up, first Aliyah, which we call Open Up, which is an open Aliyah for anyone to come forward if the Torah that we will be looking at speaks to you is from the end, towards the end of the Parsha, page 474, 474. It will work best if you're in there with me. 474, if you don't have a chumash, we can get one, Ross, anybody who has a hand up, bring a red Bible, red chumash for you. Nobody needs one. Excellent. We're going to be looking at the verses um, 20 through 25. That's going to be our first aliyah, 20 through 25. Page 474. Four. Seven, four. So a little bit of context is required, and then we're going to go inside. So the context for the verses that we're going to look at are Parshat Mishpatim. After the ecstasy, the laundry, every year we say this. Parshat Mishpatim is the second, um, the parsha with the second most mitzvot. And it's the parsha, it's the portion of the Torah that it's the second most commandments or instructions, to-dos, thou shalt, whatever you want to call it. It is, of course, on the heels of, and very noticeably on the heels of a Parsha in which revelation took place, but very few instructions were given. Revelation at Sinai in Parsha Yitro, which was last week, precedes this laundry list, as it were, of things to do. Decidedly quotidian. These are not, you know, big vision things. These are things like if you're, as we saw last night, if your enemy's donkey is overburdened, you have to help lift up even your enemy's donkey. If your enemy's ox or donkey is in the field and lost, you have to bring it back. Jurisprudence, make sure that you're just vis-a-vis -vis the rich and the poor. Don't incline in either direction because of their wealth or because of their poverty. Be just. All kinds of issues regarding torts and right, the stuff of being a member of a society that is reciprocal and feels obligated one to the other. Right? Like the stuff of like day-to-day -day living. How to be a good neighbor. All of it, of course, is in the Ten Commandments. I have to say that because Anna Levy Lyons is here and she's going to be teaching about her book, No Other Gods, at 1 o'clock. And so that's a plug for you. Everything's in the Ten Commandments, right, Anna? But like, here are the... Here's the, the, the small print. Is And then after all of this long list, we come to this morning's reading, which is seemingly a, a, a gloss, an odd place for this piece of narrative to be stuck. Page five, 474, bottom of the page. And Moses says, um, don't boil a kid in its mother's milk. And then immediately right after that, I'm sending an angel before you to guard you on the way, to bring you to the place that I have made ready. Pay heed to him and obey him, says Moses. He shamer mi panav, ushma bekolo al tamer bo. Do not defy him, for he will not pardon your offenses. Lo yisa lepish achem, kishmi bekirbo. My name is in him. And now if you listen to his voice, everything he says, you are dutiful. 
I will be an enemy. Ayavti, great word. Ayavti, I will enemy myself to your enemies. Vitsarti et sorerecha, and I will be a foe to your foes. Right, so angel business. I'm gonna, he's gonna, there's an angel that's going forward. We call this this morning angelic outsourcing. What's going on here? Morning, Sam. What's going on here? What happened? Everything was going great. We were like in the middle of a, of a whole long, like the teacher is giving satsang, darshan, right? There's a great sermon from Moses telling the people, here's how to live a good life. Here's what you do, what you don't do. You don't, right, don't steal, don't, all the different details. And all of a sudden, we interrupt this laundry list of how to live a good life. Let me tell you that from this moment on, there will be an angel going forward with you to take you into the land in order to fight for you. Make sure that you don't rebel against this angel. Make sure that you listen to everything. Because my name, this is, my angel has my seal. It is as if this angel is me, right? So this bothered the commentators. Is it bothering anybody else? Why is it bothering you? It just doesn't fit here. Or what? Why else might it be bothering you? Come on. It suggests he doesn't think people can carry this out. He doesn't, it suggests that God, or Moses speaking God's name, doesn't think that the people can carry it out. Does it bother anybody because we don't think that... Who, who thinks that an angel goes... Does an angel go with the people to bring them to the land of Israel? Usually we get God. In fact, right, usually we get God. It's like, I'm not sending someone in my place, right? I'm actually going to fly there myself. It's me, right? Ani malach, we say in the Haggadah. Me and not an angel. Right, all of a sudden, and by the way, did anybody see this coming? Did anybody see this piece of the Bible? I mean, again, assuming that all of you know the Bible super well, I know. Right, you know the Torah, you know, and you're thinking, okay, this is anomalous. It is anomalous. In other words, it's, it's without any... Who, where does this come from? And what, what's the purpose of it? Are you bothered with me now? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Anybody? So my, what might be some of the ways to work with this? So we talked about this during our open book. We're going to go over it a couple of them, but if anybody wants to... Well, how would you work with this if you were a commentator? Yeah, Clila, how would you work with it? I see God here as a programmer. I see you see God here as a programmer. He's, he's, God sends this messenger, and, and there are other terms for angels, but this one is, is like a messenger. Okay. So, there, so you, you blended, you blended two, two ways to work with this problem. So everybody follow the two ways we're going to work and we're coming for a landing in here in the heart because really it's, I'm not here to teach you about how to, you know, how to, what the exegetical moves are. Let's like, we'll bring it into our heart in a moment, but the two moves are to work with the word angel and or to work with when this is being said. So here's the two commentators, the way that they get out of this conundrum, which is, of course, what's the conundrum? Since when does an angel replace God, A? Problem number two, where does this come from out of nowhere? Two problems. Here's how they work with it. First way to work with it is to say, you know what? 
this is really not the place for these verses. These verses are a foreshadowing of a time when the Jewish people will sin and God will say, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. I loved you. I gave you the 10 utterances. You stood here at Sinai and this is what I get. No good deed goes unpunished. Here's a little golden calf for you, God. And God at that moment in a couple of weeks will say, you know what? I'm done. I'm sending in the nanny. You know, enough's enough. Right? That's what happens later on in the Torah. This says Rashi, right, in the 11th century, echoing a thousand years of commentators. He says, this is what's happening here. This is a foreshadowing of a moment where God will say, enough is enough. There's going to come a time where I'm going to say, I'm sending someone other than me ahead because you guys can clearly not handle me. And you have to listen to that one. Make sure that, right, the nanny is exactly like me. If she says, turn off the, he says, turn off the TV, turn it off. Shmibakirbo. My name is with her and him, them. That's one way to work with it. That gets us out of the whole problem. It's a foreshadowing. Why is the foreshadowing here? Who knows, but it is a foreshadowing. Great. There's another way to work with it, which is to say that the malach, the angel, is not an angel at all. And we get out of the whole God is the one who takes us into the land and say that the malach is another word often not only for angel, but for messenger. And in that case, this would just be Moses saying, there will come a time where Moses or anyone else like Moses, any other prophet, will be in, right, will be in charge and don't defy that person. And what Clela just ingeniously did was blended both of those. She said, here, God is like a programmer who says, you know what? I'm going to send in a messenger because I've been hurt. Because I've been hurt, I'll send in a messenger. Because you can't handle the relationship, I'm sending in an intermediary, intercessionary character. And by the way, that works well with the revelation moment last week where God is speaking directly to the people and the people say, oh my gosh, too much, too much, too much. Moses, will you please speak to God? It's just, we thought we wanted it. It's too much. I thought I could handle having lunch with my favorite celebrity and then I just can't do it. Can you just go over there? I'll have my friend come. It's too much, too much light. I'm oh my God, I'm nervous. The vessels are breaking. In both of these comments, right, let's go with the Klila theory. The Torah now is talking about what happens when after so much time of giving and giving and giving, someone says, enough's enough. We had it in our, right, Sherry Khan also spoke to this this morning. There's a moment where your expectations and your generosity become exhausted. How many times can I continue to show up again and again and again and continue to say, I will put myself out of the line when someone is not available? How many times can I continue to put myself in a position to be hurt, to be insulted? In a way here, God, in a beautiful way, the God character here modeling what it would be to say no to an abusive relationship. So you know what? I'm not abandoning you, but you can't expect the same level of, of intimacy. You can't expect the same level of access to me. Enough's enough. So in that moment here, I'm going to send a messenger before you, an angel, a, shli, a shaliach, a, 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 an agent. Agent. That person will watch over you, bring you into the land, and you can't but hint here to a kind of also lament. I wish that I could be the one that puts you to bed every night, kids. This happened to me this week. But if you guys don't go to bed on time, it's going to have to be the nanny. I'm sorry. I can't keep doing it. 
I can't keep putting in bed till 11 o'clock. There has to be a recognition of the price that access and the, you know, how long will you work with someone that doesn't recognize and want to be healed or want to be free or want to be connected? And here, there's kind of like a middle place. Sherry brought a beautiful example of a parent-child relationship where, you know, in a parent-child relationship, at some point, I, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. You take advantage, you take advantage, you take advantage. Or if you're the kid, you're saying, I'm, I'm entitled, I'm entitled, I'm entitled. You say, you know what? For your own sake, I need to make a boundary. For your own sake, I need to remove some of that access, that intensity, in order to preserve the relationship. I'm not removing the relationship, I'm not abandoning you, but there needs to be a change. I'm going to throw that out there, I'm sure there are thoughts in this room, knowing this room. Nishama. But the angel can be the canary in the coal mine, <laughs> uh, can be uh, all that is given, our wonderful earth and garden of Eden, and th the angel is this still small voice inside that lets you know what's going on and going wrong, and that's your guide, and that is where if you don't pay attention, you can lose it all. Mm. And so it's not even just a punishment, it's a consequence. So I just want to note, that your, your, the, way, the direction that you just went is so beautiful. Just, I want you to feel like each one of these interpretations is like, um, in, like a, um, a solvent. It, kind of, it goes on top of the text and softens it. It opens it. Like each person's thought, mind, as it marinates on a text and then says, oh, this is what I imagine, can be a way of, of elast like a giving elasticity to the text. So you, in your beautiful way of rendering this um, is actually to see, and tell me if I'm wrong, is to see the angel not as a secondary, um, you know, a, a tertiary, you know, I would have wanted to be with God, but instead I get the angel. The angel here represents the accessible inner voice or the accessible conduit. That's not like, a, it's not a, a concession. It's a beautiful access point, right? I really couldn't handle all of that light, but instead I have this little voice that is my still small voice that is available to me and I must heed that still small voice or the consequences are all of these other things. Right? So am I hearing you right? Was that? Okay, so beautiful. So that's a, a slight turn on this. Right? So it's not a foreshadowing of a punishment but a foreshadowing of, of a very skillful divine intervention to give us an access point. Almost Christological in a way. In a, in a way that I like. Right? Beautiful. Like we have, right? Maybe we can handle the intensity of all light. And this is like a way of us being able, as we said in the open book too, sometimes we need a, um, a lower voltage in order to maintain our connection, whatever it is. We need less intensity, less, right? We need something a little bit more gentle. And, and that's a good thing. It's a buffer in a good way. Like a representative, you know, in, in our internal Congress as it were. Okay, yes, I'm gonna go, we're gonna move, no, we're gonna move, no, I wanna move to sections. So there's Karen, I wanna spread the love and the microphone. I wanna build on Nishama's comment to say that the God I believe in isn't tired, isn't even frustrated. That my God is saying, 
you know, there's so much to give you. There's so much out there. There's so much that I have expanded for you. I'm going to make sure that someone is with you at all times so that you have access to me. That it is a conduit, it is a guide, it is a, a loving messenger who is always there when, you know, we're aware enough or awake enough uh, to see it. This is such a beautiful thing. Let, let's just, let's, lest you think that this is a, um, a, um, a purely academic or, very, or overly personal conversation, the, the, imagine the role of religion itself. I can't tell you how many times people have sat with me and said, like, do we really need all of these rituals and these liturgies and these... I mean, I have a direct pipeline to God. I, I mean, it's ridiculous. Why do we have to say the words of the ancestors? Why do we need their frames? Why do we need their, their sacred text? I don't need any messenger. I have a direct connection. That's one way to look at religion. Religion is the angel sent, right... Because we can't access the divine, it's too transcendent, it's too beyond it. We need those fingers that point to the moon because we can't reach the moon on our own. That's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is, is that religion is a ladder. The religion is a ladder that we absolutely require, or a raft, as the Buddha would say. Right? We need, we need, and, and in one way, one way is God is, quote-unquote, it's like it's a, a punishment, as it were. We can't fully access God, so we, you know, religion. Or religion, teachers, beloveds are there as the way that you're reading this, very much like Neshama is. Like we need these, and it's a promise of God's everlasting, or the sources, or whatever you want to call it, love's everlasting possibilities, that we have these places to come back to as a promise. Who wants on this side of the room has been very silent? Okay, over here, Anna Levy Lyons. Nick is running. You get a good workout in for Nick. So I actually, on first reading, found this appearance of the angel really comforting. Mm. Because to me, you're, it comes in the midst of all these mitzvot and all these, you have to do this and you have to do that. And on the seventh day of this and, you know, when three of these and four of these. And so I would imagine feeling completely overwhelmed by how am I going to how am I going to do all this? How am I even going to remember all of this? And then in the middle of that, there's this, there's this pause, but you're not going to be alone. I'm going to give you this angel who's going to help you. And that's so, ah, that's so beautiful. So there's going to be an angel. So I don't even have to remember all that stuff necessarily. I just have to do what the angel says, and it's going to be okay. Wow. This is, I, I've, never, I've read a lot of commentaries. That's, that's, that's unique. I mean, I, all of them have been unique thus far, but that one is like, hmm, wow, because everyone else tried to fit into the categories that I used. Uh, is it good? Is it bad? You're saying, here, this is kind of like God's, um, they're there now. I know I've just given you a lot to remember, and, and it's, maybe you didn't write it all down, but don't worry. Like, there's someone that's going to be with you. There's a customer service representative, and you'll be able to call in, and you'll say like, you know, I just lost the instructions. Can you walk me through this thing, okay? Six days and seven or seven and eight. I just didn't remember which one. Seven years work the field or six years work the field. And come on. And here it's like this. It's a chesed moment. Loving kindness. God says a good parent or a good loving guide will say, you know, I know this can be overwhelming. I just want to remind you that you're not alone. I'm with you. And the way that you're reading this is that forget about the, is it the angel or not. It's just like there's a promise of divine um, presence and and continuity 
you know, I'm not going to be far away if you need me. It's beautiful. We could just stop there. I, I want to take that Torah in. That's a beautiful Torah. Anybody else want to add something? Have something that really feels like Torah for them? They have to add to these verses. Yeah, Bill. No, you do because other people online can't hear you and so on. Thank you. Even if the descending of the prophet is a demotion or a step backwards, um, I think the way God works is that when we're ready to step forward again, if we take one step, God will take two steps. And with the analogy of the children, you know, having they, they can't go to bed. At some point, they, they mature and they do go to bed without, you know, the added help. And then the relationship is even further enhanced. I love that you're giving me strength at the end of, the, of a long... <laughs> I love that you're, you're giving me a promise of future possibilities of having my nights back. I love that. <clears throat> we're going to come in for a landing. Um, and we're going to do the open up. In the open up, we're going to actually invite people to come up. So this is, this is pretty juicy, and at first glance, you might have thought, okay, here we go. And there are a lot of places in this, believe it or not, even in the legalistic and detailed Parsha are so powerful for interpersonal... But this, Behold, I'm sending an angel ahead of you to make sure that you don't feel alone, to make sure that you feel held, to make sure that you remember <clears throat> that sometimes... Right? Sometimes when we don't feel we can access the perfect, we can still have the imperfect as a, as a gateway, as a ladder towards the perfect. Sometimes we need to make boundaries in our lives for, to safeguard that which in us is uh, too easily underappreciated. We underappreciate ourselves, and that helps both parties. Sometimes we need to remember that God takes one step, uh, we take one step and God takes two, that the divine is always there, ever ready for us to reestablish a healthy relationship. Whatever is your theology, whatever is it that you are bringing to the text this morning, if these words, I will be with you as you enter the promised land, even, right, even though you might think I won't be with you, or that you need a teacher, a navi, a prophet, or someone there, or any of these different covenants, if it speaks to you this morning and you would like to stand in the presence of these words of our ancestors for guidance and for strength, I invite you to rise up and to open up.